Let's chop it up with your boy Zaz. Hey. Uh, you ready? No shit, that's you. Hey, 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 yeah, hey. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it. Yeah, let's chop it up. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it. All right, welcome to Let's Chop It Up with Zaz, and this is Blackison. What's going on, brother? Peace, man. Peace, man. I'm in the building. What's up, man? <laughs> chilling, chilling, man. What's been going on with you, man? Break it down. Ah, uh, man. Same old shit, man. You know, um, right now things are at a at at a um at a at a slow pace right now. You know, um, the last record I did was uh, me and Stu Bangers. We did Watson at Holmes Three. And um, that that came out maybe six months ago, somewhere around there. And um, basically, man, um, what 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 I realized is that yo things are coming so rapid right now. You know, you got brothers dropping records left and right, and you know I, I've never like subscribed to that wave. You know, I always took a lot of time to do records, and sometimes this thing can pass you by a little bit. You know, if you're not constantly kind of staying in the in the um in the public view you know what i mean and um it's like you know but i'm never gonna rush the music i I don't really care too much about what the climate is doing i'm always gonna kind of be selective with my art and um yeah man i'm still working but at a slow pace um i you know sometimes i lack inspiration you know so um Sometimes it's a challenge, you know, and, and, you know, I, I roll with some of the illest, you know what I mean? And, you know, for some brothers, it's never really a challenge, you know, they can just do it and do it. But for me, you know, I try to come from a place of inspiration with it, you know what I mean? And and that's, so I'm just, I'm still here, man. I'm always doing this, playing with records, playing with beats, you know, rhymes and things like that, man. But I'm here. And the last thing we did was Watson at Homes 3. Um, right now we did a pre-order for the first Watson at Homes and, um, we finally issuing the vinyl on that. So, um, that's going to be coming. People are going to start to physically get those in November, you know, but that's been a long process, you know, cause we had deals and stuff. And, um, when those deals matured, we was able to get the masters back, you know, so like in the underground, we might not do album deals like the mainstream, but we'll do one-offs or two-offs with a, a indie label. We'll do like some money up front and do some splits and things like that. And sometimes they'll license a project for X amount of time, which means they'll have rights to it for however long, you know what I mean? And so finally Watson at Homes won, we're out of that phase with them. So it came back to us. So now, you know, we could re-release it, you know, and go direct to the fans with it. So, yeah, man, we did a pre-order. We did 300 units, and we sold out of those, you know what I mean? So mm. they're all gone, and we're going to be shipping them as soon as we get them. You know what I mean? Wow. So I hope I ain't babble you to death. No, because, man. Yeah, that's that, kind of what I got going on. That's amazing, though, man, how you utilize – 
the the the, the technique of your delivery. I feel like yeah. you're one of the only artists. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I feel like you're one of the only artists that's out here that has that delivery boom bap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. You have that yeah, boom bap sound, man. Whenever Classic, I put man. a Blackison song on, and Stu Bangers is the producer. It's always yeah. hard, man. Yeah, and yeah. I want that, to. That's what we strive for. Hard, man. It's hard. So, you came out when you came out. You came out guns blazing. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And you said, and, and you know what? You left it all on the line. Yeah. You put it on that release. Yeah. And it was kind of cool because you did it. It was like an album slash mixtape. Right, yeah, yeah, what you yeah, were doing, yeah. the first releases that you did yeah. were like mixtapes, right? But it was like yeah. albums, but you went in on them joints, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, the first couple projects was like that because what really happened was, man, um, I, I was away, you know, I did a little bit of time or whatever, and um, well, when I got out, it was like, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. You know what I mean? Um, all I knew was that I wasn't trying to get back in trouble again. So when I got released, I was like, yo, rap was like, I knew that I could rap, but it was like, yo, there's no way that I'm going to be able to make a living off of this. This is not practical. Like when I get out here, I got to try to get a job. I got to do stuff like that, you know? And so when I got out, I had bumped up, I had bumped into some dudes that I knew from back in the days and they, they, the whole, you know, I didn't realize how many dudes knew me for rapping because prior to me going in, I, um, I never really took it seriously, but only my close homies would know that like, yo, black, you know, little black, you know, he's an LMC, you know, they consider me that I just used to play around and it was like, yo, you still doing music? I'm like, nah, man, I'm trying to find a job and dudes kind of pulled me back in. And um, that's when I got serious. But what, what, kind of to make it short is when I got out is when like 50 was bubbling, you know, in that early 2000s, 02, you know, around there. And everyone was rhyming over other people's beats, you know, and everyone started to really sound the same. And what I what I did right there was like, I felt there was a gap for like real hip hop. You know, and everybody was trying to rap like T.I. and, you know, and Soldier Slit, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, I want to make a mixtape, but I want to do it my way with original beats. And so that's where Me Against the Radio came. Yeah. And so I named it Me Against the Radio because I wanted it to be far away from what was happening on the radio. So, like, you see what Griselda is doing now, how they're far away. They're kind of, everything's shiny and blingy and this and that. And these guys kind of went grimy. So, at the time when I came, I feel like I was embodying that kind of, you know, that kind of rebelliousness. And we did me against the radio. And that's when I started taking it serious because I did that just expecting for it to do something locally just to show dudes that I, you know, I could do this oh, and man. I still had it. <laughs> and it started getting bootlegged when we dropped it, like in Japan, all over. And then dudes was like, yo, they got your shit in Japan. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Then it's like, yo, Google this shit. And then I was like, yo, I seen that UK places was bootlegging it. 
Japan was bootlegging. And I was like, yo, I'm really getting the reach. Because you got to understand, I wasn't even privy to internet back then. Like, O2 was like... You was doing, the, my, you was doing the MySpace thing, I remember. Yeah, that's what You I'm was saying. doing the MySpace so, thing. Exactly. So I'm like, yo, I was just getting used to all of that. But to cut long story short, the first few... Nah, man, no, no, hey, hey, listen, no, no short stories, man. This is all about I you know. today. Go ahead, do dope, you, dope, man. Dope. We yeah. So yeah, that so then that gave birth to um to me against the radio. So a lot of that was material that I wrote when I was in jail. And um I featured the life of the tape on there. And um that I wrote that when I was like 18, you know what I mean? Because mm. I did a pretty long stretch from 16 to 22. And and during that time I was writing rhymes, I was drawing and stuff like that. And um when when I when I did the life of the tape, I wrote that over Nas's I gave you power. You know, so when he was rhyming about the gun, I I took that concept and you know, like I'm a blunt being smoked and I can't wake up. I took that and said, like, how could I personify myself with something? And I took the form of a cassette. And that's the joint that really sparked everything. Because now from that mixtape, there was a, a dude in my town trees he was like an intricate part of undergroundhiphop.com that got started in boston and um he was hearing me you know what i mean through the local scene i sent him the tape he threw it out a couple times i kept sending it and then he finally listened to it and he was like yo you know he started to check for me and that life of the tape opened up the way for brick records to hear about me in Boston. And those guys are the guys that they put out a lot of terminology stuff. They put out a lot of wreck stuff, a lot of Mr. Lift stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and that when I made that connection, that's when I kind of got into that underground circle. And I started to realize like, yo, dudes are really professionally releasing music in the underground. It's just independent. So that's how I cracked into that, man. And from there, we just, you know, we were snowball. I know I'm leaving out stuff, but it's kind of you just trying to cover it. No, you're good, man. You know what I'm saying? I could talk forever, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> but I, I honestly felt like that first album, you came out and it was so real, man. It was so real how yeah. you came out. I mean, you left it, you put it all out there, man. Like, this is Blackerson, yeah. and it, what you see is what you get. You know what I'm saying? That there's no gimmicks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So nah, that's how we was on it. Yeah. Yeah, you was on it heavy, man. That, that's that's what I'm talking about. So I I, lo I love that that uh, I don't even call it a mixtape, man. I call it an album because you came. Yeah. It was insane with that, man. So the master builder, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm building my own platform. I'm building my own way, yeah. and this is how I want to see it. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. I'm yeah. that's how I'm bringing it. Explain that, man. Explain that. So, um, the master builder is like, um, wow. So we did me against the radio. You right, and so like, I don't even remember like a lot of times the order that everything came in because that whole first five six years just feels like a, like a, just a blur because it was just recording music doing music going here going there but that master builder the the first mixtape the first master builder was in order to promote 
the actual album. So what happened when I was at Brick was like, they was like, yo, you're dope. You know what I mean? We know about you. Guys over here know about you. And guys over here know about you. But you got to somehow build a buzz. You know, you got to make something that people are going to start to know. So, you know, you didn't want to... At that time, an album was sacred. So the way how you marketed an album was you had to have material out to lead up to it. But if you weren't buzzing enough to have a single that would do anything, mixtapes was like how you, you market it. It's like, yeah. if you got to put out mixtapes to lead to the album. And so if the mixtapes are dope, they're going to say, damn, this dude is dope on these mixtapes. Then they're going to check for the album. You know, so back then, it wasn't as easy. You know, the internet was around, but you still had to put that work in. So your mixtapes was how you did it. You know, so the Master Builder was like a sampler, you know, because it was very short and there was a lot of one verses on there. And... um that was like I had to solidify, and I, you know, the master builder concept was like um, a lot of the material was like you know God body stuff, you know that traditional East Coast rap stuff where, you know, that underground Pharaoh shit where you rhyming about King Tut and you rhyming about jewels and yeah. you rhyming about you know that that Elohim stuff, uh -huh. you know, with all that deep cerebral ghetto shit you know and we was rhyming about that and the, the the fitting um thing with that would be like yo the master builders like you know the masonic stuff that's like when they were talking about niggas being illuminati so i wanted to play into that too so like when people see the cover they're gonna see a compass in a square. They're gonna see these illuminated signs and they're gonna be like, yo, he's down with the loop, you know, just to grab them in. And so that concept went like that. And then we was like, fuck it, we're gonna keep rolling with it. Master Builder one, Master Builder two, you know, and, and it built up and, and, and we, we did okay, man. You know, when the um we did the Master Builder one and then we let we did the Master of Reality. Mm. That was also like a mixtape that came right before the album. So that shit was on fire. That a lot of nice. people said that was better than the album. You know what I mean? And that, it was just, that was that. Damn. We was in a zone. I was rolling with my man Colombian, you know, at that time, you know, we, I was living in his basement and we was just recording, you know what I mean? Just recording, recording. It was like, he he made the beats, I rhymed, and we was just in the crib, and we was getting it done, you know what I mean? So that's when I was on fire. My inspiration level was at 10. All I wanted to do was rap at that point, you know? So I was just, we was going in. And so, come to think of it, that's a lot of material, dog. Like, we had mixtape, 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 album, mixtape. it was just, and then not to mention stuff that I was doing with other people, it was like, I was getting Yeah, that's done. not even the half of it, man. Yeah, I was getting it done, man, it was like, I was on fire, my passion was like, through the roof at that time, you know? And it took you around the world, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Traveled you traveled a lot, man. You traveled, yeah, yeah, but man. We was on fire, so there was, like, a period of time where, like, things were buzzing, you know, and it was like, that's your moment, you know, like, you get that little moment, that window of time, and, 
you know, I feel like I could have maximized it more, you know, but I did the best with what I could do at that time. You know, I didn't have any management really, you know, in order for you to be super successful, you got to have all the components to do it. You know what I'm saying? So like you need that, that, that you need the whole package. You need the graphic design guy. You need the engineer. You need the manager. You need the road manager. You need the guy that's going to book the shows and negotiate the prices. You know, you need all of that, you know, in order to really make it do what it do. You know what I'm saying? I think you, you did need, a great job. I think you did a great we, we, job. Yeah. But, you know, I say that because I'm super critical. You yeah. know, I'm super critical. And um, I know that the guys that become uber successful are the guys that have all of that stuff in place. You know, so when you see dudes blow up, you know that, yo, they got their shit tight. You know, it just doesn't happen. You know, it's not like just accidentally. You know, timing is a big part of it. But, you know, there's a huge professional aspect to it. You know what I mean? You like, groom. You groom in the artist. Exactly. Like, even with what you do. You know, like, so in order to have a podcast blow up, there's different elements that you could be buzzing to a certain level, but then you could be buzzing to a whole nother level. You know, so... It's different stages and all that, but you know, I'm just, you know, we just talk. Yeah. No, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah. But I feel like if you went that way, Blackison, I feel like we wouldn't get the Blackison that we're getting today. Maybe, maybe not. You know what I mean? You know, I, I feel like an OG right now, you know, because <laughs> honestly, you know, I feel like an OG with it because it's like guys coming, coming out every day. You know what I mean? Um, I've been around a long time, you know, because even before I got on, I was like, I, w I let vinyl out in 95, you know, locally, you know what I'm saying? And I'm still around, you know, and that was the early 2000s. You know, the first mixtape was like 05, 06. So if you look right now, it's 2020. That's 15 years ago. I'm going to tell you something, though. You know what I, mean? I feel like the artist when you first came out yeah i feel like the artists during that era there yeah man we love those artists man yeah and yeah. i'm not taking and i'm not taking nothing away from the new ones the new ones i love yeah. you guys you guys are killing it but man we always go back yeah you go back to listen yeah 2010 see what happened is like this music thing, it comes in waves, you know? Yeah. So, like, even without, you know, lack of better comparison, you see the double XL freshmen, you know? And those are mainstream cats for the most part. But as you see, gradually it changes, you know? So it's almost like underground came in waves like that too, you know what I mean? It was like during that time, there you had Rock Marciano was coming with Marksburg. You had um, Jay Electronica was hitting the scene with, Black, you know. Black Moon was doing a thing. Black, you know what I mean? Sean Price Sean was Price. on super duper fire because Ooh. that's when Monkey Balls and Donkey mm. Sean Jr. Um, Aguilar was popping off at that time. You know, there was it was like waves of it. Obviously, Immortal Technique and Vinny Paz was oh, always man. around. Yes. You, hey, yo, I don't know if you remember, I forget the kid's name, 
at that time, the kid that used to have all the Sonic the Hedgehog shit. Oh, I forget. Yeah. He was down with Atlantic. Yeah, I he was down with Atlantic, and he got beat up or something. It was he like got a beat up, and then he was lying about doing a whole album with Jay Dilla, and then Jay Dilla's mom came out and said, "No, that's what not was happening. his name." This guy, he that's used to have the Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I know, who, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking uh, about. he was really popular too. Um, yeah, but he shot himself in the foot, man. Yeah, it was it was him. They had like the kid Asher Roth. Asher with the Roth. I love college. <laughs> yeah. It was like a lot of waves. Yeah. Terminology was around. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Still um, is, man. Still is. Around them times, terminology dropped the joint with Premier. That watch out would go down. You don't remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a lot of hot shit. You know, and at the time, special teams, Sling, Jason, Ed OG. It was just, it was dope shit. Underground hip hop, that website was popping. That store, What's that website. It? In Boston? Yeah, because you had to go through there and, and do your thing there. And, you know, you had to touch Boston in the underground shit. Uh, you know what I mean? You had to touch Albany. You had to touch Boston. Certain places in New York, you had to touch, like the Knitting Factory. You know, so like you had to touch Philly. You know what I mean? So underground was popping. You know what I mean? Underground was popping. And I guess it still is. It's just a little different, you know? And um, I tuned out a lot. You know what I mean? I tuned out. It's like the only things I really check while well, I listen to Griselda, you know? Yes. And there's, there's a few cats that I listen to, but it's like, it's it's just, it's different. It's, it's, it's really different. And, you know, like... um things just be changing, you know, and I don't want to be a bitter dude and nah, you know, but I do be on my old man shit. Hey, know? listen, man, we, I, I always tell people like my doctor says, you got to move with how you feeling, right? Yeah, yeah. Move with your body, right? Don't try yeah. to overdo whatever you can, you know? So yeah, that's man. how I rock. That's how I rock too. So, so tell me, how do you feel like from what it's now, from what it was back then? When it came to opportunity, right? Yeah. Opportunity. What do you see different now than what you've seen back then? I mean, um, you know, depending on what you're doing, a lot of times it's easier now, you know, like as far as getting your music heard, you know, um, it, it's easier to be heard. Um, obviously, if you could somehow build your own machine, you know, your own following, all that, you could really pop off, you know what I mean? Um, I just, my, my one of my main gripes with this is just like, yo, it, the music is too microwave. It's like, you know, like, um, even with like Griselda, you know, um, the way how I consume music, I even consume it as a fan differently. Because like, when you listen to the Purple Tape, that Purple Tape rock for five years. That purple tape rock for 10 years. Like Nas, when he dropped, he would drop every two years, every two, three years initially. Um, that's how it was. So like you would hold an album and it would be sacred. You know, you would bubble to it, study every nuance of it. Now, some of this stuff is just in, in a rapid succession. It's like, it's just boom, 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 boom. 
until your whole shit is just filled with just it's like yo damn let me bubble on this first and then let me but you know but it's like you know it's like it's too much so it's like yo i can't even consume the music as fast as it's coming out i'm a nigga that like to sit on a a record and shit you know so you think that like to me, man, I, I you know I love this, man. I love uh, I love hip hop, man. Like you know, in my heart, it's everything to me, right? It is, dude. When is. I hear when I hear a song, when I hear an album, I celebrate it, right, in my own little way, right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Do you feel like, like you said? I think that. I was thinking the other day, I was like, yeah, this has to be an economy thing, right? It's just like when you go to a store, you got the bags of chips, you got the soda, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You got the bags of chips, yeah. you got the soda. So you're making yeah. money as the owner of the store. You're making money off of the soda and off of the chips, right? So if they put out multiple albums, that's multiple incomes, right? Oh, yeah, From of each course. Album. Yeah. So right now, because at first I was trying to figure it out and I was like, damn, Cause I just uh, interviewed Flea Lord, and Flea Lord is dropping He's albums dope. every month. Yeah, that's a lot, bro. You know, and, like- and if you see him, what's the drive? Oh, my family. You know, I come from the projects. Oh, I'm he getting to, money. I'm yeah. trying to. Yes, and he's in LA. He's doing stuff with DJ Mugs right now. Yeah. It's like when you put stuff out like that, you know, you have to do that now to 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 do that. Well, in your era, it was like, okay, I'm going to drop an album. Boom. But when you dropped the album, it was like, yo, you heard that Black is in John Dog? That yeah, because you put crazy, a super son. duper amount of time into it. And then you, you know? dropped the bomb on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when you drop, you know, it's crazy. But now, what you got to say is like, yo, they, these, these, these guys coming up, they're tremendously talented. You know, if if you think about it, it's like you you know you look at it from all sides, right? And you say, well, if he's dropping good music so consistently, he's super talented. That means he's working nonstop, you yes, know. But yes. it still is just a lot. But it's a lot. I'm it's an a old lot. dude, you know. So it's like the younger younger consumers they might digest music that rapidly. It's different, you know, so they might want something new every day. It's like, yo, the minute your album drops, dudes are in the comment like, yo, when's the next one? It's like, yo, the shit just dropped today, dog. He's <laughs> just like, yo, when your next shit coming? Yo, yo when is, I'm like, yo. Hey, I'm listen, like, <laughs> when I was a young boy, man, I don't know if you remember, um, I used to live on the same block as Triple Five So. Oh, yeah, yeah, the gear. Triple five soul. Yeah, that shit was fly, yeah. So triple five soul, right? Hold on, always... you, you lived on the block with the dude who created that? I lived on the block. As a matter of fact, I live on a historic block. It was called Lillo Street. I used to live on 138 Lillo Street. And everybody came through there. We had to store two black guys. It was called two black two, guys. Toronto. They was originally from Toronto, right? Yeah. Those guys. So they came and I'm telling you, they opened up a store there and then a couple doors down, it was triple five. So, so when you talk about me seeing everybody out there and chopping it up with everybody with DJ premier, all those guys, special ed, mob deep, all those guys. guys, Right. So 
when they put out a mixtape, it was like, damn, this is crazy. So, as a matter of fact, Donald Bird. Yeah, yeah. Donald Bird, Donald Bird was my neighbor. Premier and them got, got his apartment. I heard an interview where Premier said him and Guru ended up getting his apartment or something like that when he moved or something. Yeah, so he's yeah, he, Donald Burr, Yeah, yeah, he was the he was the na- he was the neighbor. So when they were they were uh, recording Jazzmatazz, we were hearing it. I was hearing wow. the whole Jazzmatazz album. Yo, you got a story to tell. Shit. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that that's that, you know. So Wow. So anyway, to make the long story short, right? I used to walk around with my cousin. Yo, peace to my cousin Danny, man. Yeah. We used to hang around together, right? And I would always tell him, "Man, how could we have all the music in our pocket?" <laughs> and wow. then we started coming out with the streams. Yeah. So it's like you say, "Yeah, we older and all that, but man, we living through Some all the benefits." Yeah. That now, see, when you put it in those terms, it's like every possible album that ever existed. It's in your right, phone yeah, now. Yeah, right. That is crazy. It's an That's amazing thing. Level. So when you say dropping albums, dropping albums, dropping albums, but now is it e- it's easier to access those albums. There's plus sides to it, definitely. Yeah. Exactly, you know? exactly. All right, and so there's other aspects of it, too. It's like, you know, um, it's funny that you talk like that because now, like, on that first mixtape, I produced, like, 60% of that. Like Which a lot of people, 70%. a lot of people don't know, Blackerson. Yeah, a lot of people produce. don't know that. Yeah, so at that time, you know, that was out of necessity. So you hear a lot of times when MCs make beats, is it because at that time you just didn't have access to beats? So you had to make your own beats or whatever. But now why I brought that up is like, yo, I still got vinyl hit. You know what I mean? And so what happens too is like in the new era, people are sampling over YouTube, you know? So there's a lot of things that are against the original fundamentals and all of that. And, you know, a lot of it is crazy, but it's like, who cares? You know, it's like, if it's dope, it's dope, you know, and you got to embrace it. If it's dope, dope, it's dope. dope. But I still, it's hard for me to get album at the album at the NBA. It's like, nah, man, your method is the Blackison way. Keep it that way. You're always going to drop and you you drop like a bomb and everybody pays attention when you do. So thank you, man. You, you, and another thing, you know, I didn't realize, like, yo, you know what happens is, it's like, yo, you be in a bubble. Like, you know, like, I be in a bubble, you know, and, like, I I try to remain humble, and I am pretty humble for the most part. I never really realized how much people I've touched, honestly. It's like, yo, like, you know, you're floating around for the last 15 years or whatever, you know, 10-plus years, and you never really realize how much people that you've touched, you know, not like touch you, like, you know, I changed your life, but how many people came across your music? And, you know, like, I come across certain brothers, I won't say their names, you know, dudes that I come and I look up like, yo, a new guy, like, yo, you doing your thing, B. And he like, yo, Black, I'm a fan. I be like, yo, you a fan of me? And he's like, yeah, I'm a fan of you, OG. And and I'll be like, damn, like, yo, like, even now you're like, yo, Black, I fuck with your shit, back to me against the radio. It's like, I still can't even fathom that, you know, because in my mind, I'm just little bitty me, you know, but, and and you really see the impact now when you travel and you go somewhere and dudes come up to you in a whole nother country and they got your shit and they're like, yo, 
I mean, you know, you just, you got to just embrace it and be like, but in the back of my mind, be like, this is bullshit. There's no way that I am that, you know, and because I'd be like, I minimize it so much because when you in it, it's hard for you to see it. You know, it's like sometimes people from the outside can look and say, yo, you kind of a big deal, you know, because the way how um, I put it in a perspective, it's like, yo, I feel like I'm a good MC and I'm a dope MC. You know, sometimes I sit down, I be like, yo, Black, talk to yourself. Yo, you dope, you know, but the the thing that brings humility is like the guys that's in my circle. So I'm in a circle with dudes like Esoteric. I'm in a mm-hmm. circle with dudes like Reef the Lost Cause, mm-hmm. Still of the Monster, Apathy, Vinny Paz, Self-Title. You know, these are the dudes who I rhyme next to. These guys are animals. Like, so, yo, when you think about the underground, these are some of the best niggas that's in the underground. And that's what I, yo, I gauge it. So it's like, I look at these guys and say, yo, I'm nothing compared to, you know, like I be in the session or we, we might send some shit around with everybody rapping on it. I'll be like, yo. This like, I, how did I even end up here? Sometimes, you know, because and, you're a monster, bro. But that's what you gotta say. You gotta be like, yo, you gotta be real about it and be like, damn, I'm amongst the elite, so I gotta be elite if they got me right here with them. It's like, yo, you could say there's a weak link to Wu Tang. You could say this ain't my favorite Wu member, but at the end of the day. The Wu ain't going to be the same without all 10, all 9, all whatever it is. You know, you could say, yo, P was the illest MC of Mob Deep. Yeah, but Shook One's a song had a Havoc verse that was classic too. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, that wouldn't have been if Havoc wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Prodigy wouldn't have had the same effect if Havoc wasn't there. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, and, and when you sit back and think like that, you know, sometime I do need to say, yo, I am nice. Damn right. You know, Damn and, right. and that's it. You know, so I'm bugging out right now. We Damn right. Nah, man, we chopping it up, baby. That's what we doing here. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. It's all about you, Blackerson. It's all about you, man. It's all about you, man. Nah, it's, it's all, all about, about you, yo. brother. It's all about you. I'm about to join your podcast. We about hey, to there we go. We about to get it in, man. Let's do it. So <laughs> I feel like, to me, I feel like you could rhyme on on pretty much anything. Yeah, you know. And I can't say that too much about many artists because artists have their particular sound that they want to put out. I feel like you yeah. have like a versatile type, um, you know, artist. I try, man. I the try. highlight reel. Ah, that's like a collection. So when, when I did that, it was like, yo, those were all collabs. You know what I mean? And so... Like you was talking about how artists try to, you saturate projects so that you can generate the revenue. So like, if you got your shit in the digital platforms and you're getting a thousand dollars a month when people stream and when they download or whatever, the more projects you have in those distributions, the bigger those outpays are going to be. So I figured, yo, 
I might as well compile all of my co my um collabs and stuff, and why not generate some you know some payoff for that so it could be in my catalog of streaming. So I gathered all the stuff that I was on up to that point, all the hot shit, and I put it in one place, and then you know I, I uh, um I sequenced it and I reached out to brothers to you know give some commentary and all of that, and I put it together like the highlight reel. You know, I was supposed to do another one, but I've done so many collaborations, I could probably do another two or three. Um, and yeah, that's what that was about. It was just like, yo, it's like uh, not a greatest hits, but like, kind of like a greatest collapse, you know? And I noticed that, you know, self-title had did one. So when we went to Australia, Oof. That was like one of his biggest sellers was like what? his collaboration. Yeah, like four the CDs catalog. on that thing. You know it. So the I catalog, and he, that. he was like, Black, you should do one of these. You know what I mean? You should do one of these. And I was like, I can't do that. And then when I started to think, I was like, damn, I got enough collabs at that point to fill up 21 songs. Of You know what I'm saying? And now I'm like, yo, you know, so I've been, you know, dudes always gave me little jewels. You know that I do this, too. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah, you know that I do that, too. Man. So you, so, so you, uh, so how many album you know covers I do that, you B? You know I do that, B, you know man, what I mean? Dude, that's B? crazy, that? man. I get down. This so have you have so, that shit right there. so have you done any of any other album covers yourself? Yeah, man. Um, cause the, I did the second second Watson and Holmes album cover. Man. Hang on one second. So I did this. I did this album art for the um. This is for the Watson and Holmes too. Wow. So as you know, that's me. That's Stu. That's the MPC. You know what I mean? That's fire right there. And then I did the back. So this is like a cityscape of London. You know what I mean? Because we wanted to have that Watson and Holmes vibe. So we did that. And yeah, man, I bubbled that up. You know, I did a couple things. Man. You know what I mean? That is amazing, man. That's amazing. That's that hip hop, though. Because like now, all right, let's talk now. We talking. So Fat Joe was a graffiti artist. KRS-One is a graffiti artist. I heard that Rakim was a graffiti artist. I don't know, but I heard that. Um, uh, K-Slay was in the movie Wild Style, I think, or Star Wars, one of those movies. He was Dez. He's Dez. He writes under Dez. Um, there's a lot of artists that's floating around, you know what I mean? And um, it's all relevant because now when you go to the core of this, you got hip-hop is uh graffiti writing djing you know break dancing you know what i mean MCing, you know it's all these different elements to it you know the b-boys and the b-girls and when you love it and you you know you can do these things man it's like you know it's a way of life man it's a way some of niggas life. i heard some niggas started out as break dancers and turned into some of our favorite rappers you know how about I mean? that so, how about that yeah Ain't that something? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was always, That's I was it. always wondering. I said, man, how many album covers did Blackison do, man? I did this one, man. And then, you know, we've had talented artists, though, like Chris B. Murray. He did the first one. We had a brother out of France do the last one. Um, The next one, I might get my hands dirty. You know what I mean, I might do the next one. You know what I'm saying? Um, so let's talk about I'm that. In the lab. 
let's talk about the Watsons and Holmes. Yeah. How did that come so, about? When did you meet Stu? I'll break it down. Like, um, it was crazy how I, how I really met Stu, dog. It was like, yo, in <laughs> Boston, then we was having a show, and I was on a bill. Um, it was like, I forget. I think Reef might have been on somebody. It was like a few of us, and um, Dope Nixon just popped up unexpected. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, him and Stu had, like, a disagreement. You know what I mean? It was funny, right? They was like disagreeing over beats or something. So I was in the spot and um dope is my man. Like, you know what I mean? I would come to Philly and I would crash at dope crib and shit like that. And um yo, so him and Stu was going at it, right? And like, you know, they was arguing and shit. And I played the peacemaker. You know, I was like, yo, y'all niggas need to chill. This shit ain't like that. You know what I mean? Blah blah blah. Y'all gotta take it easy, bro. They was going at each other, right? And so I played the peacemaker. Somehow I calmed them down. They went their separate ways or whatever. And then after that, it was like Stu just said, yo, you have any beats or whatever, just holler at me. Or, you know, mm. we we connected. And then um, it was another time where we linked where just it was stuff going on with the pharaohs and we would always link. And then after a while, we just really hit it off. And I think I ended up doing a verse for him or something. And after that, we got real cool because we just started to communicate back and forth online and through whatever, whatever. And we just got tight, you know what I mean? And there was like a big Pharaohs gathering in Philly where like Army of the Pharaohs was doing some videos. We did like three shows in Philly and all of us gathered. Like, so all the Connecticut dudes came down, me, Apathy, you know what I mean? Um, Stu came down, Esoteric came down, you know, Zilla came up from Texas. We was all there. And um, that's when we was working on the Pharaohs album, the In Death Reborn and all of that. We were shooting videos and stuff. And I knew that once that, that Pharaohs album dropped, Stu is almost like, he's a member of the Pharaohs almost. He's like family, he's like associated, right? So we knew that once that Pharrell's album dropped, that the buzz was going to be heavy on everybody. So mm. we knew that, yo, in order to, to ride this wave, when this album dropped, we got to follow it with something. You know, so around that time is when the Zarface shit came out. We dropped Watson at Homes too. I think Abathy might have dropped something. You know, so while all the fans is hyped about the Pharrell's, once that drops, it's like promotion. It's like marketing for all of us to throw our offerings out there real quick while everybody paying attention. And so wow. me and Stu was like, we was initially working on an album with Stu Bangers producing, Vanderslice producing, me rapping, and Reef the Lost Cause rapping on one project. That was the mission. But Vanderslice had a whole bunch of stuff going on. Reef had a whole bunch of stuff going on. We started a few songs. We didn't really complete too much. And we realized that those brothers had stuff going on. Me and Stu still wanted to work. So it was like, yo, what up? You want to finish this? I want to finish this. Let's take what we can salvage from that stuff. And then let's put those together and let's move on from there. And that was Watson at Homes 1. And the concept... 
for the name. Like, yo, why y'all named it Watson and Holmes? Those are detectives, you know. It was just <laughs> like it was some fly shit because yo, we went when we went to Philly, we all went to this comic book store. And then in that comic book store, we going through the racks. It was this album called Watson and Holmes. <laughs> I mean, it was a, a book called Watson and Holmes. It was a comic book of like a comic book Watson and Holmes. We was like, yo, this is sick. Because we had already made a song called Watson and Holmes. Wow, how like, about that? And so I said a line in it as we embark on a journey like Watson and Holmes into your hood. Niggas want to ride about, you know what I mean? So it was like, Yo, we should be Watson and Holmes. Then we went to Philly and we saw that was Watson and Holmes. Then we titled that song Watson and Holmes. Then we titled the group Watson and Holmes. Ooh. Then we called the album Watson and Holmes. And it was just fly. It's like it was in when there. you see what yeah, when you see Watson and Holmes, they're like Batman and Robin. It's like it's like it's you know, it's elementary, my dear Watson. They both <laughs> thinking alike. Yo, when they put their minds together, they cracked the case. And that's how I felt like together we was a team like that. And yo, Stu's one of my best friends right now, man. That's amazing. Stu's one of my best friends. You could tell because the combination is insane, man, with that. Yo, we put it down, B. Like, you know, it's like he sends me shit and it's it's like the beats are tailor made to me. I could do whatever I want on those beats. Like if you listen to those those joints, we got concept joints. I got shit where I'm rapping like Slick Rick, you know, all kind of shit to the stupid. You all over with it, man. But you you yeah. definitely shine on them things, man. I think I think the combination is insane. But then, like yeah. you said, he's one of your best friends, so I think that things work better like that when everybody's on the same page. You know what I mean? Yo, and Stu is blowing the fuck up right now, like. He's doing projects with everybody, you know. So that Lord go out today, man. Yeah, yeah. I retweeted that. It's like, yo, I'm proud to see my man blow up. You know, it's because like, yo, he works so hard. You know, he deserves it. It's like, yo, he bleeds this shit. Like, he wakes up in the morning and makes beats. He go to sleep making beats. He's like, when you put that kind of work in. You deserve the fruits that come from that. You're gonna you know, get he results, got an man. album. He did the Cannibal Hope with L. Bill. Oh, you know what I mean? Oof. He did Fight Music with Reef. He's got an album with Apathy, an album with Self-Title. You know, several albums with me. You know, um, him and Reef really set it off. You know, him and Van der Slyke and him and Reef set it off. But once we settled in, we knew that we had something special. So that's why we kept doing projects. And, you know, I haven't done like a solo joint in a while. It's all been Watson and Holmes, you know. I haven't even done a second album, really, you know. It's all been Watson and Holmes. I don't really even have a desire to do, you know, I just, yo, he keeps me inspired. So, like, you know, when he come through, it's Watson and Holmes all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I see that you put out the last single that you put out, right? Full Yeah, court. yeah. Now, that was me producing, you know what I mean? So I do have the itch to, like, compile, you know, a bunch of the Blackistan joints and do a project like that. But I just, you know, I got to get motivated and do it, you know? So, I said, ooh. When I seen that, I was like, oh, he dropped one. Yeah, Hold up. He's going in yeah. on this. It was a one-off, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I did it up. Recorded it up, sent it to Eddie Sancho, 
put the touches on it, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just put this out. You know what I mean? Put that out, boom, just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the um, four so, chord. That's that's the last shit I did. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah, that, yeah. man. I've seen that. I was on it, man. You know. So yeah, tell yeah, me, you be so, paying attention. <laughs> hey, man, I gotta pay attention. It's hard to, but. I manage, man. I manage to do because I love it so much, man. I look forward to everything. So what do you do? Is that you just like listen to music all day? <laughs> you would think, right? <laughs> yeah, nah, because it's like, yo, it's a lot of music coming out, man. Yeah, so man. Like... I, I, um, yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gifted, man. Like that, you know. I could work. Yeah. I could work and listen. You know what I'm saying? And, and like I said, music is everything. So it's, it's right in my pocket now. So I could yeah. pop it out. On the way home, on the way back, uh, yeah. going somewhere. When I'm in the house, if I'm doing any anything, I do consists of music behind it. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So, Blackerson, tell me. I know, I know you shared with us that that story with Stu Bangers, how you had to go in the middle of you know both whatever. But is there a story that you could share with us today that you remember that stays with you forever? Like, man, I can't believe I I witnessed that. Damn, I, I got it, man. Well, there's obviously, you know, crime stories. Oh, no, nah, of course. Like that. Um, but nah, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, obviously traveling with hip hop, you know, going to different countries. I've seen different things, you know. Um, damn, I'm trying to think of something memorable, man. Like it's just it was like a whole it's a whole <laughs> lot of stuff, you know. I'm was there like a place? Was there like a place that you went to that was like a language barrier that you was like lost in the sauce? Yo, <laughs> it was one place we went to in Australia. I can't remember. It was like, I think it was like Melbourne, right? And um, there were, in that place, there was like a bunch of Sudanese kids. So these kids are like black kids, you know what I mean? And um, they were super hyped, yo. Like, you know, we was doing the show and... It was like, yo, these dudes were so hyped. It went from the level of just like being hyped about the music to it felt like they was heckling niggas, right? So it was like, yo, it was like, yo, they was going nuts, right? And they're like gangsters. They're like, they're, not, they're like tough guys. It's like, you know, like equivalent to like a blood or a crip type shit, right? So. They was like, yo, me want to rap. You know what I mean? So with me and me and Self was rapping, and they, like, heckled it. So I'm like, yo, stop. They just kept heckling. So I stopped everything. Stop. What's up, my dude? You know what I mean? And dude like, yo, me want to rap. You know, he was going nuts. So then I gave him the mic. He started saying some crazy shit. I tried to get the mic back. He didn't want to get the mic back. It was like, <laughs> I, somehow I got the mic back and I'm back up there. And then I'm like, yo, I stopped and I was talking to him, trying to get like the music is stopped and the place is packed. And I'm like giving him personal attention. I'm like, yo, can you chill out so we can finish doing what we do? And then it was like, we had a moment. I went to give him dap. This motherfucker tried to yank me off the stage, dog. Like, yo, <laughs> it was so crazy, dog. You know what I mean? I snatched my hand back, and I was just like, Seth was like, yo, don't talk to this dude, dog. Don't talk to him. Let's do the show. And then the music came back on, yo, and then everybody just went sick. That was one time. Um, Another ill story is I got detained in the airport. 
oh. when we first got there because my criminal record, the past record came, yo, they held me in the in the airport for like three hours. What? And I thought they was going to send me back to the States, dog. Self kept it real. He didn't go on without me. He waited for me. It was crazy. Then, like, you know, I had to share my whole life story with the lady so she could believe me. They got an international background check. It checked out with what I said. The lady was like the head of the uh, security. She started crying after I told her it was weird. Yo, she was like, oh, my God, I feel so bad. And I'm like, yo, this is the most positive thing I ever did in my life. You know, you can't send me back. All of my friends and family are rooting for me. You know, this is the best thing I've ever done in my life. She was like crying. It was crazy oh, check wow. it was great yo it was deep and then i knew from there that like yo once i get into this country i can't fuck around you know because this lady gave me a chance you know because the promoters the way they did the visas wasn't right then when i got off the plane they asked me had i ever had a felony i told the truth and that's why they detained me and so when it, we got to the part where the Sudanese kids, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, I can't fight these kids, you no. know, because I can't get arrested here. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be in some deep shit. And then we got over to the merch table. They was acting rowdy. And then I really realized, like, yo, they wasn't trying to be rowdy. They just were decided, you know, and they loved us. And... You speak about language barriers. Some of it is cultural. Like some people communicate different. You know, like these people were so excited that they was just bugging out. Back in the States, they probably would have got shot for acting like that. You know, a beat. <laughs> we would have been rolling if this would have been in the States. You know, so you learn, man. You know, when you go places and we went to Ireland and um, mm. this dude in a wheelchair came through. I was with Block McLeod. And um, this dude in a wheelchair came through. He traveled like three and a half hours to get there. You know, he said, he, you know, like he knew the rhymes. It was crazy, you know. So stuff like that touched me, man, you know. That's amazing, man. That's and amazing. And it's just a whole bunch of stories like that, you know, and shit. You know, meeting idols, you know. Um, I met Premier, you know, I was with Apathy. We went to the old D&D. &D. I saw that studio before they moved. Um, we were sitting in there with Premier and we was looking at the MP60, the shit that he made all the classics on. Um, wow. he pulled out records and started playing them. He played the sample for Nas is like right in front of us. Wow. You know what I mean? He played the sample for Mass Appeal, right? We like, yo, this That's is great. Insane. Like we writing just crazy shit, man. Just crazy, wow. crazy shit, man. That's crazy. You know, meeting man. That's cool crazy. Hurt, meeting Graham the Cavs, you know, so um oh I met Case too. The dude from the graffiti movie with the one arm, the L yo, computerized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. met him. And, you know, he passed away. Oh, really? He passed away after. So I had a chance to meet him, rest in peace, before he passed away. You know, just legendary hip-hop shit, you know, that stays with you. And, you know, you stay a fan of this shit, you know? So, you know, that that's the beauty, you know? And once you get on the other side, it's hard to be, be a fan still. Like, you know, once you start making music and the magic of it is exposed, 
it's kind of hard to go back to being a fan without being jaded, you know? Yeah. So sometimes if you don't rap, if you don't make beats, sometimes that's a great thing because it allows you to just admire the guys who do do those things, you know what I mean? Exactly. And so, not think of it any other way, you know. So, so tell me, how does how does Blackerson stay stay healthy on an everyday life, like going around? And how could you, how could you hold it down like that for so long, and be healthy and do the things that you know for you to be able to do them every on the on an everyday basis? Well, man, health is like up and down with me, you know. Like over the years, I've been fat. I got skinny. I'm skinny. I get fat. You know. I've tried vegetarian shit, vegan shit, you know, and right now I'm I'm at a pretty unhealthy state right now, you know, but I'm still living, you know, um still I live an honest life, you know what I mean? So I don't rob, I don't steal. You know, I do what I do. I come home to the crib, you know what I mean? I I, I live a pretty simple life. And you know, I try to keep stress down. You know, I try to do things that you know, that don't make me stress, you know, I try to rock out with one woman, you know, my wife, you know, and just, I live, I'm an old, I'm getting old, man, and um, things are slow motion, man, you know, so that's why another thing is like, I'm not in the streets, you know, so right now, I ain't gonna be right, yo, I ran up in this spot, and I, you know, that's not the, the everyday subject matter right now. Exactly, like, exactly. Life is boring, so you know, you got to get really creative when you're trying to entertain with the raps when you're trying to tell the truth. You know yeah, what I mean? How about that? How about that? I don't got no skinny jeans, man. Look at me. <laughs> I got a fucking, you know what I mean? Look at me. I got a wool hat on, you know what I mean? I don't hey, got a man. Hey, hey, listen, man. Listen, it's all good, man. But you still up there and you still, you know, doing your thing amongst all that. You know what I'm saying? So you should be proud of that. Longevity, Definitely. right? Definitely. I'm here, man. You know I'm here. So, Blackerson, you know, we appreciate you stopping by. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Um, let's chop it up with Zaz. And we want to just Dang. say thank you. All right? And we love Peace. everything you've done, Peace. man. All right, brother. And this is Let's Chop It Up with Zaz, and this is Blackerson. Yo, send me this, man, when you uh, record you, it or man. whatever. I got you. All Stay right. on. Stay on, fam. Stay on.